All right. Well, welcome once again. And uh, that's the best intro I could do was being staying up here. Come on. Uh, you can tell I'm not super mad. I didn't put on a cape. I took mine off and now I feel free. So here we are. Hey, thanks so much for being here. I know you could be doing a lot of things this morning, but you chose to be here. How many of y'all chose to be here today? And uh, how many of y'all it's been good so far? Come on, very good, good deal. And it's, it's, it's gonna get better because we have water baptisms that are gonna come up. We have a great opportunity uh, for admissions um, that we wanna share with you in just a little bit. But I get the privilege today to share out of God's word with you because we at Bridge City Church, we have a high reverence for the word of God. Um, we respect, you know, respect and revere and honor God's word. And that's what brings change and transformation. And we are in this really cool series, um, Did God really say and we're figuring out things like did God really say some things or are these things said by man you know there's a lot of sayings out there that people think are in the Bible but they're not and how about like God helps those who help themselves and um, you know God helps those who seek ye first the kingdom of God that's who he helps and uh, and that, that, that's that one um, some people say that money is the root of all evil which is not true in the Bible the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not money by itself does no evil, but it's the love of it that produces evil. And then how about this one? Cleanliness is next to godliness. I don't know if you know this. That's not in the Bible, but that's what moms use around Christmas and Easter to get their kids to clean their rooms. Come on. And, um, and so there's a good one. And did Adam really eat an apple? You know, and all the things that we see, we always see that red delicious apple. It's, um, that, that's probably not the truth because they didn't have red delicious apple trees in that region. Um, some scholars say it was probably a fig. I don't know, I've never been tempted to eat a fig in all my life. I'm not sure what would happen with that, but it wasn't really an apple. See, we're taking a look at some things in the Bible, like did God really say, and what did really, really, really God say? Because we live in a crazy, crazy world. And this is the big idea. Let me give you the big idea we've been talking about for the last weeks, and that's your belief produces behavior. As a matter of fact, if I, could, if I look at your behavior, I'm gonna see what you believe. Because the way, what you believe produces the behavior that you have. That is simply the truth there. So, so we're looking and challenging our beliefs in God and our beliefs in God's word. Do we really, really believe this book? And is it really a life-changing book? That's the question here. Now, we believe in this, the, the power of the word, and we also believe believe in the power of prayer. As a matter of fact, tomorrow kicks off for our church, three days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to be gathered here. I'm going to be here every morning uh, at 6.33 a.m. And then we're going to gather back at 6.33 p.m. for one hour of prayer each and every morning. If you can join us, please do. If you can't, you physically can't be here, it'll be um, Facebook Live um, from different locations and campuses in the evening as well. But we believe in prayer. And how many of you all know we live in a world that could use some prayer? Amen. Anybody with me there? Come on. And I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe God uses it. So I want you to join with me in these next three days, and uh, there'll be things posted all over of how we're praying and what we're going to pray for. So here it is. Can the Bible be trusted? Is it reliable? That, that's a question we all struggle with. And today, did God really say that we should get water baptized? Did God really say that we should dedicate children to the Lord? Well, here's our kickoff verse together. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
And, um, and we're going to read these verses out loud. This is the word of God in the New Testament. And I want you to simply read these words off the screen as we openly confess the word of God together. Are you ready? Here we go. All That's what we believe. We believe that all scripture, that means the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, is a book that changes and transforms us. That's what we truly believe. Now, um, before I get into some things about reliability, this is, I want to just give you a picture of what this, what this word of God is. Now, how many of you have ever been to a baseball game? Whether it's T-ball, the Pittsburgh Pirates, or anything in between. How many of y'all have been, all been to a baseball game? They have this thing in every baseball game, every single one you've ever been to, it has a home plate. Have you ever noticed that? This is really deep. Now, this home plate, every single, every single league has a home plate, whether you're in T-ball, Little League, Pony League, Junior, Senior, High School, College, Single A, Double A, Triple A, Professional, every single league has a home plate. The interesting thing about home plate, and these are, these are the, um, the, the dimensions here, is that it's always the same. It's, it's the same. That means that if you go to a t-ball game, home plate is home plate. If you go to the Pittsburgh Pirates, home plate is home plate. Now, if you go to a different country, home plate is home plate. If you go to any kind of different race, culture, country, home plate is always home plate. The same is true as about the standard of the word of God. The standard is the word of God. This is our standard. This is our home plate. This is what we believe. When the Bible's clear on it, we believe it. When it's not clear on it, we find verses that we believe that speak to it, and that's where we align our beliefs because our, our goal is not to make God into our image, but that we would be changed and transformed into God's image. So home plate determines the playing field. In the playing field, everything comes off the back of that home plate, everything, the, the, everything that goes out from there. So basically... Home plate determines what's fair and what's foul. And there's a lot of foul things out there right now. Do you live in the same world I live right now? There's a lot of foul things. But, but see, home plate is where you get everything that comes off of. Is it fair and in play or is it out of play? Is it foul? Everything comes from the word of God. And so we revere and we honor it. And I want to let you know, some of us, you know, I, I grew up in a Catholic background. I, I, I wasn't sure I was allowed to understand the Bible. And I want to tell you that everybody who confesses Jesus Christ in a personal way, that you confess your sins to him as he becomes the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future, you can understand this book. You can understand it. This is not, this, is, this isn't easy to understand, but it's very, very simplistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. 
It's very, very simplistic. And that's what, the, that's what this is. And it sets the standard for us. That's what it does. So going back to 2 Timothy 3, there's four things that the word of God does. First of all, it teaches us. It gives us doctrine, the precepts of what we believe. It reproves us. It corrects us. That when my thinking is, doesn't line up with the word of God or my thoughts and actions, I line it up to the word of God. It also corrects us. But you know what? God is such a cool God. He restores us. Aren't you thankful God's a God of restoration? Come on, I'm so thankful for that. He's a God not just that points out what's wrong. He helps us get it right. And that's what he does. And last but not least, it trains us. It shows us how to behave. That's what the word of God does for us. That's what it does. Now let's, let's think about this. Can the Bible be trusted? 66,000 manuscripts have been passed down of the Bible. I want you to catch this, 66,000, like literally 2.5 miles if you would end to end every manuscript along. Other writings were four feet, the longest one. What has been passed down has been accurate. When they were rewriting the Bible, if you were to, you were to mess up even one little thing, they threw it all out and started over. That's the rule. That's the canon of Scripture. That's by the, the rule stick by which we measure here. Think about this. The Bible spanned 1,500 years with 40 different authors. 500 people witnessed Jesus Christ being alive after he was dead, buried, and then he rose again. 500 people saw him. How many of you all know that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good record right there? But not only that, Jesus believed the Bible, and I believe in Jesus, so if he believed in the Bible, I believe in the Bible too. See, the, all these things point to, but I'm going to tell you this, it's the changed and transformed lives. That's why I believe here. That's why I, I, I look at it. Let me give you one more here. Prof, prophetic um, probability. Now, what's the probability that in the Old Testament, spending hundreds of years, different people communicated that Jesus, the Messiah, was to come in a certain way, at a certain time, in a certain place, and them all to, all to come up. Well, the, the, the mathematical chance, check this out, of someone fulfilling just eight of the 48 to 50 times that's, that, that's spoken forward that Jesus is coming, just, just think it's eight, if eight of them would get it right. Come on, it, it would be one in the quadrillionth. I mean, it would, be like, it would be like crazy, it would be like this. And I know that we can't wrap our mind around this, but for everybody to prophesy and say Jesus was coming, and for it all to line up and come true, spanning hundreds and hundreds of years, it would be like this. If you were to take silver dollars and you were to cover the state of Texas in silver dollars, two feet deep, and you were to mark one of them, mark one silver dollar, and you were to blindfold somebody and say, go into Texas and find a silver dollar, two feet deep, if they were to pull out the one that you marked, come on, think about it. The reliability of the Bible, that's the chances of them really getting that silver dollar. But that's the probability of all this coming true, and it all came true because here we are 2,000 years later, and we're still celebrating Jesus. See, 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 the, the Bible's a very reliable book. The Bible is very trustworthy. It's, it's, it's home plate for us. Everything comes off of this word. Everything we do, everything we're saying here, that's what we're doing here. 
So did God really say that people should get water baptized? Did God really say? Is, is water baptism necessary? Now listen to this. Think about this. We tend to look at the Bible and we don't look at the whole text. We tend to pick out little things here and there. Let me try to illustrate it to you. Recently, I sent my wife, Natalie, a text. And I said, pray for me. Now, please. I mean, it had urgency, caps. I mean, please pray for me. Please pray for me. And then, all of a sudden, my phone rang. And she said, what's wrong? Where are you? And I said, Did, you didn't get the last text I sent? And she said, no. And it said, I was going into Labriola's, the Italian market. I wanted you to pray for me. <laughs> see, there's always one more text you need to see. And she says, you shouldn't send those first couple without sending that one. I just want to let you know I'm confessing I've never been tempted to spend a paycheck and all my money on gambling or alcohol or carousing. But I'm dangerous going into Labriola's Italian market. Come on, somebody. I'm just, I'm a little dangerous. So, so I can only go in there with a certain amount of money. And I texted her those two things, walked in, and I got lost in the manicotti, okay? In the manicotti, I got lost in manicotti, and I, and I forgot to hit send on the next one. But we need to look at the whole text. Are you with me? We can't just pick out the parts we like, and we can't just throw up warnings and not expect it to have the whole counsel of God attached to it. So I want to read to you a couple verses out of Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. How much authority? There it is. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And many people say, it's like, oh, man, go and make disciples. Baptize them. And they stop. No, baptize them and teach them to obey all things. That's the whole text. Making disciples. That's the text. See, many people like Jesus, the lamby Jesus. You know Jesus carrying the lambies? The warm, fuzzy, cuddly Jesus. He's just, Jesus is a God of love and he's just so cool and Jesus loves everybody. Like, that, 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 that's a part of Jesus. But I'm gonna tell you the part of Jesus I like. I like Lambo. I like the Lambo Jesus. Yeah, I like Jesus like, like really like speaking truth. How many of y'all like truth? Isn't truth a beautiful thing? Yeah, yeah, see, but see like, like Jesus isn't just a warm, cuddly. There's a, there's a part of his word that's truth here. And what I'm trying to say is all authority that Jesus has, and it points to his authority. He's boss. So he says, look, if you're going to make disciples, if you're going to make followers of Jesus, and that's what we do at Bridge City Church is make followers of Jesus, then baptism's a big deal, but it's not mandatory to get you into heaven. It's not mandatory to get you into heaven, but it's a big deal here on earth because it's a sign of something. It's a sign that you, you said you have sin. You, you have to confess you, you've missed the mark. How many of you parents know up here, and, and parents out there, the ones that were up here, kids miss the mark? No, you have kids? How many of y'all know the big people miss the mark? But thank God, God's a God of restoration that helps point us in the right way. That's what his word does for us. 
And it points us in the right way. It confirms our identity in Jesus. That's what it does. Our worldview changes. See, when I'm a follower of Jesus, our world, I have my own worldview. And unfortunately, in the country we live, most people that go to church are a lot more United States of American than they are Christian. My first allegiance is to God. And because I have an allegiance to God, I don't know about you, but I love my country. And I support this country. Are you with me? And that's what, that's what we do. But that's my first allegiance is to God. And because I have that commitment to him, then I have other commitments here, here on this earth. So water baptism, listen, is a big deal for disciples here. Baptism is an outward sign. It's an outward sign you have confessed your sin and Jesus has forgiven you. It's an inner transformation of heart. You're now a follower of Jesus. Your life is hidden. That's what it is. Now, now that's what baptism is. It's an outward sign. Now, I have a wedding ring and it's an outward sign. If all I were to do is put this wedding ring right here and you saw it, it's just a ring. Right? It's just, it's just, oh, that's a, it's a ring. It's a gold ring. Wonder whose it is. Wonder who lost it. But when I took this ring and I put it on this finger, what this finger represents is that, that a, a beautiful woman of God gave me this ring. That means I am committed to this woman. This means I'm off limits to everybody else. I expected a little more on that one. <laughs> Especially from some ladies out there. I, I threw you that one. That was your opportunity to say, mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Help me help you. No, this ring signifies there's no flirting around. This ring signifies I'm taken, I'm committed. Are you with me? Left on its own, it's just a ritual. On this ring, in the inside, it says, love you bunches. 10, 14, 89. The day my wife gave this to me. Now, she wears a similar ring on her hand. And that says the same thing. It also says that if you mess with her, you're messing with me. Mm-hmm. That's right. Come on. Right? Or see, 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 it's an outward sign that there's a commitment that took place. That's what water baptism is. Left only as a ritual, it's just this thing. It's just this ring that sits still. But when it becomes something significant in your life that says no to the world, I'm off limits. I belong to God. See, I now belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid the price for my life. I'm off limits. There's no flirting around. I don't flirt with the world. I don't flirt with what the world has to offer. I don't look to those things to satisfy because my life belongs to Jesus Christ. See, so water baptism points just like the date inside my ring that says, wait a minute, on this date, I stood and made a public declaration. And I made a public declaration, okay? See, your, your relationship with Jesus Christ was never meant to be private. Yeah, amen. It was meant to be personal. That's good. 
Don't confuse the two. See, many people say, well, that's just me and God. No, when we follow Jesus Christ, listen, it's not meant to be this little private deal. It's a personal deal that becomes for the world to know. So when people are saying, when they get water baptized, it's like, I'm off limits to the world. I'm going to serve. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to learn now to obey all things that God has given me to do. I now have a new identity. Are you with me? Jesus got water baptized. And if Jesus is one who we're following, I think we should get water baptized. But it's not just a ritual. It's saying my identity is now hidden in, hidden in Jesus Christ. He now is my life. That's the big deal. That is a huge deal that, that, that we follow here. See, we, we live in a world right now that's celebrating all kinds of craziness. Now listen to me. We're living in a world right now that is celebrating you can pick your gender. We live in a world right now that if you disagree with me, you're evil. Listen, we live in a world right now where there's men that believe they can breastfeed. I'm not being, I'm, do, you live in my, do you live in my world? We live in an individualistic world that's celebrating everybody's rebellion and individualism. But in Jesus Christ, what we're celebrating it's not our individualism, but now we're a part of something bigger and better. Amen. See, we're celebrating not my individualism, but now I'm identifying with God. I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. My life is now hid in him, and I'm now a follower of Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is a big deal. Amen. That's a really big deal. You see, that's the celebration. In just a few minutes, we're going to have a huge celebration. And four people are going to take their next step with God and say, I'm off limits to the world here. Amen. I'm, I'm here to serve and please God, and I'm going to learn how to obey him. Because this is now, I'm going to learn this, this worldview. And you don't understand, in some cultures, in, in some places, if you were to get water baptized, it probably meant you were going to give your life. What do you think we're witnessing in the Middle East right now? People that are followers of Jesus Christ. And if they do a public proclamation, we're taking, it's like here, it's like we celebrate, it's great, the water's warm, everything's fine. In a lot of cultures, in a lot of nations, if you get water baptized, that means you're probably going to lose your life. No, it's a public proclamation that you're probably going to die for your faith. That's the significance of this thing, that I have a new identity. It's no longer what I want. This Bible is now home plate for me. See, that's what it is. That when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, learning to obey in all things, this Bible becomes home plate. That's what it is. So do you have to get water baptized? No, but it's a big deal because it's an outward sign of an inner transformation, just like my ring is. I've been transformed. This is an outward sign of my, my commitment to one woman all of my life. Are you with me? See, that's a big deal, and that's what, this, that's what this proves. That's what it goes to here. So we're celebrating losing ourself. Now, did God really say that babies should not get water baptized? 
Well, if you were to go back to an earlier uh, slide earlier, baptism means, it, 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 it means baptizo. It's, it's completely submerged. It's not, just, it, it's not just a little bit of water, but it's completely submerged. It's immersed. So that's why, because of, and then th- that's, your, that's your definition. Now going back to Acts chapter 2, the communication was there is to repent and be baptized. Babies can't, be, can't repent. But big people can. Well, how big do you got to be to repent? You got to realize you have sin and you've missed the mark. So at Bridge City Church, we don't do baby baptism, but what we do is we stand for and with families as they make a commitment, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And now we're going to help and support you and do everything we can, not just to create a cool little place for your kids to go to on on Sunday morning, but we're going to do everything we can Monday through Saturday, that our goal is we're not going to lose one to the world. Now, that's our goal. Now, unfortunately, we have over the years. But you know what? We're still praying and believing God that each and every one are going to live out their faith in what was put into them. Are you with me? So we we don't do that. But what we do is we say, parents are saying, I need help. I I need help. I I, I want to train up and raise up my kids to fear and know God. And that's what we're going to do. And parents come to me all the time and say, what's the, what's the one thing I can do? What's the one thing I can do to, to, live, to get my kids to, to, to follow God? And I say this all the time. I'm going to give you help right now. Determine what you want your kids to be in their 20s and 30s. And be that person. No hypocrisy. Just be that person. If you want them to be honest, be honest. You want them to be committed to God? Get committed to God. You want them to know more about Jesus? Then know more about Jesus. Just be that person. See, it's really, it's really not complicated. It's pretty simple. I'm not going to tell you it's easy, because even following God's not easy. It's a big deal. So did God really say that He's looking for followers? Yeah, He did. In that Matthew 28 baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things, all things. And Jesus says, I'll be with you always. How many of y'all just wanna know that Jesus is gonna be with you always, man? Through the storms, through the pain, through the craziness, when we're obeying Jesus Christ and we're doing what he asks, I believe he's with us. But if I'm doing my own things and I'm ripping pages out of the Bible and saying, I don't care, I'm going to do my thing, I don't believe Jesus is obligated to be with me. How about you? We take being followers of Jesus pretty serious. Would you stand to your feet with me just for a moment here? You know, at some point, your kids are going to need a Savior. And his name is Jesus. And even your screen-agers... How many of you all know we don't have teenagers anymore? We have screenagers. Yeah. They're going to need a Savior too. But we need a Savior, but we also need what the Bible states is Lord. And this is a day that we can all look inside and say, am I really a follower of Jesus Christ? 
not an acknowledger, but a follower. There's a difference. Didn't say, do you acknowledge God? A lot of people acknowledge there's a God. But we're here at Bridge City Church to make followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we do. So in Romans chapter 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it's openly declaring your faith that you're saved. There it is. It's not private, it's personal. And my faith will be lived out the best way I know how. And we're all here in this room trying to figure out what it means to be a follower of Jesus in 2021. Am I I in the right place? That's what we do here. That's what I'm doing. What's it look like with everything going on? So I want to ask you a question today. The four people getting water baptized, they've made a decision. They've confessed out loud and they've openly declared. They're going to do that in a few minutes. But I want to ask you a question. Have you missed the mark? Have you lived contrary to the home plate and you know it and God knows it and everybody around you know it? I want to offer you today is your day where Jesus Christ can become the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Not your goodness, not your good works, not how good you look or the good things you do. Only Jesus Christ can save. That's it. That's the only thing. That's the only way. There's not a lot of ways to heaven. There's one. His name is Jesus. So if you're here today, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And if you don't have a day, a moment, or time, I'm going to offer you today as your day, as your moment in time to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here today. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, Lord God, for each person, just to, for the ability just to look inside, for the ability to, to examine their own heart, to see what you're doing. And Lord God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come now and touch all of us, that our worldview would line up with you. So God, I just pray, Father, right now, for those in this room right now that don't have a date or a time or a moment, that today could be theirs, where they begin that relationship that you would inscribe this day on their heart for as long as they live here on earth. Now, if that's you and you're here today and you're saying, I don't, Pastor, I don't have a day, I don't have a time, but I'd like to go from being an acknowledger to a follower and receive the forgiveness of Jesus and now Jesus Christ becomes the leader. He's in charge. The word of God is in charge. If that's you, I just want you to do something public and personal. I just want you to lift up your hand so I can pray for you. Is there anybody here today who just say, you know, Pastor, that's me today. I, that's me. Would you pray for me? Anybody in the house today, just anybody else, just say, Pastor, that's me, man. Anybody at all. There's a lot of hearts beating fast, and palms sweaty. There's a lot of people just in that moment right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody at all in the house today, just just slip up your hand. Just say, here I am. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. God, I thank you, Father, for every person here today. Lord God, Lord God, that we would be a people 
that would rest completely on your word and in your word, Lord God, and in your life, Lord. And let Bridge City be a place that celebrates transformation, that celebrates who you are, God, in a real, in a personal way. In Jesus' name.